Hello and welcome back to Superfluous Reading, where I try to make sense of the books I pick up during the year and in doing so, talk about it on my blog, which I have actually linked to the podcast episodes. A friend pointed out that I don't mention it in the podcast, so I decided I should do so. Okay, so I talk about it here in the hope that anyone listening in might find something to interest them as well. As solitary as we assume reading to be, the full effect is when you converse about it with someone like-minded or completely different, either in person or online. In this section of my long list of 2017, I tackle the comics and graphic novels. Comics are usually a compilation of a known artist making waves on either Facebook, Instagram, other online portals. Many new ones have since cropped up. The graphic novels are a full story or part of one which is accompanied by absorbing artwork. I did not make note of the artist then, if different from the author, but I should do so for future episodes. The first book is Heart and Brain, Body Language, an Awkward Yeti Collection by Nick Seluk on the Awkward or the Awkward Yeti was one of the first comic novels I started following on Facebook when I was still on Facebook. They are a series we have where we have conversations between various organs of the body and sometimes the Yeti, whose body it is, chips in too. Each organ has a personality, although heart and brain have the most interesting conversations. Some of the panels in the collection I had previously seen, but that did not make much of a difference since it did not change my reading experience of the whole thing put together. The jokes are one part funny and another part real. They are thoroughly enjoyable and I continue to recommend them. Foul Language, The Struggle is Real by Brian Gordon. I downloaded this as an advanced copy on NetGalley and was pleasantly surprised to find a few I had not encountered before, since this was another set of panels that I was following on Facebook. The collection is about the author, portrayed here in the form of a duck, hence the name Foul Language, part of the name at least, figuring out the complexities of parenting. Also fun for non-parents, anyone who's ever seen kids in their natural habitat. I read a graphic version of Anne of Green Gables series. This is the next book in my list. This was the time when Netflix series trailer had put me in a bad mood. Anne of Green Gables is portrayed in a very dark tone on Netflix and I haven't yet succumbed to watching it and I probably never will. The script is by Maria Marston. And the illustrations were by Brahma Thamla, who will appear in future lists as well. If you do not know about Anne, I highly recommend fixing that error. It's a tale about an orphan who mistakenly arrives at Green Gables and turns everyone's world upside down. Future books in the original trace her growing up, having kids, aging. One of the only books I used to reread frequently. And this version was decent but only as an extension of the original, not a substitute. Next collection is a more serious one. It's called The Zen Pencils by Gavin Ong Thang. I followed the page on Facebook. Ah, those older days seem so far away now. These panels depict an elaborate story to go with some very creative and very talented people's quotations. It is followed by with a background and other helpful information pertaining to the owner of that quote. The struggles, the achievements of all those people, including the author, indicated in the collection would serve certainly as an inspiration. Herding Cats by Sarah Anderson. This is also a collection of the author's individual comics, which feature on all those other places that I mentioned earlier. A few panels were new. The best part of these that are 
They are instinctively relatable with subtle humor. They focus on daily life. This book come came in two parts though. The first is in the form of the usual panels. The second is encouragement to deal with trying to do something in this interconnected world where everyone has an opinion, some of which you want and others you don't. This section is also accompanied by associated comics to help drive the point home in the usual laid-back style. A Quiet Girl in a Noisy World by Debbie Tung came at as uniquely insightful for introverts. Many of them loved this book. Not all the book readers are introverts, but many are, and they all joined me in praising this book. I liked it a lot, but I felt it very heavy. The burdens depicted here are almost tragic, although they are real. But as with all good heroic stories of struggles and how they go or should go, there's a rainbow at the end of the tunnel. There's hardly any color in the collection, literally, but they still manage to convey a myriad of emotions. It's about the author's struggles, growing up through school and even now, of being an introvert, as the title suggests, in a noisy world. One thing that this past year has probably taught us has been that introverts manage to settle into this new normal probably easier than people who need or thrive on social connection. Then again, I also feel like this year has helped us connect better because we have the time to reach out and listen to other people as well. I don't know about what your thoughts would be on the same, but you can let me know. The next book is a cute collection called Wallace the Brave by Will Henry. It is a collection akin to Calvin and Hobbes or Peanuts with regards to the age of the characters. There are significant differences. The town is a small seaside town. The children's fears vary as do the imaginations and even actually the education and the financial levels of the people in the storyline. Wallace is our hero. He has a friend called Spud, who's a neurotic, food-loving friend. Wallace's parents are also tired with their young brother, with Wallace's young brother, but they are fun people. The younger brother is in a phase of wanting to shed his clothing whenever he can. And then there's a new girl, Amelia. This particular collection was simple, fun, and even had a random bird wandering around adding to the situation. The bird chips in sometimes in the humor as well. I picked up a collection of peanuts to throw into the mix. The ones published from 1953 to 1954 by Charles M. Schultz. I found this in an aisle on the Hong Kong library in the Hong Kong library that I had not explored properly before. So to mark my achievement, I had to take it home. At this stage in the book, the primary cast consists of six kids. Charlie Brown has the most significant role. And everything is stacked against him and he's the butt of the most of the comments. Snoopy the dog has an intelligent role of his own. Lucy is a loud child who's meant to is very mean to her brother Linus. Linus? Linus was my favorite character here. Patty, Shermy, Schroeder, and Violet uh, and other kids like Pig Pen and Charlotte join the ranks towards the end. Manga Classics. This is uh, the manga version of a few of the better known stories. The, one of the first that I picked up was the stories of Edgar Allan Poe adapted by Stacey King. We had quite a few stories at school in the non-detailed uh, class. 
I even had another version of some of these collections as an abridged form and I think I remembered the Telltale Heart the most. Anyway, the graphics in this book are atmospheric and the illustrations suited the mood. They included the Telltale Heart, the Cask of Amontillado, the Fall of the House of Usher, the Man of Red Death, the Raven a poem, and it's definitely meant for the fans of the macabre. Finally, this list ends with How to Be Perfectly Unhappy by Matthew Inman, and I don't mean anything by ending it with this one. It is by an author of the oatmeal, it's by the author of the oatmeal comics. Although not an avid follower of this series, I'm not so fond of the the graphics. I found them very thought-provoking. Instead of a set of separate comics, the entire book focuses on a sing on the single statement mentioned in the title. There's something very serious presented in a in simple caricatures that will definitely spark a conversation or two. It's a very small book and interesting work despite having less content word-wise. Apart from peanuts which I got from the Hong Kong library, all were read as advanced copies via NetGalley, which means I no longer have access to it now. But giving it given a chance, I read them all over again. Finally a friend of mine pointed out to a to a thing that I thought I had stopped doing but the book this is a correction for my previous podcast episode it is the king killer chronicle by patrick rothfuss and i have been calling it the killinger chronicle so much so that even on my blog posts i still have to correct it and my second point had to be something i realized before as soon as i posted the previous episode actually is that i forgot to mention that the author who had passed away the author of the very mur- english murder series is elizabeth edmondson so this here ends my third proper episode of the long list i will be back with with a l- more interesting set of books or I shouldn't say more, probably equally or differently interesting to the ones I listed here. I am always open to any suggestions and recommendations about my presentation because I'm actually not the one listening to this. (laughs) So I look forward to hearing from the listeners. And thank you for listening. And I hope you have a very nice day. Thank you.